You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. It's time now for the Bob Melvin Show, presented by Nest Betting. The three-time manager of the year sits down with Chris Townsend, exclusively on A's Cast. Visit nestbetting.com today. Here now is Chris Townsend. It's now time for the Bob Melvin Show here on A's Cast, brought to you by nestbetting.com. That's nestbetting.com. Love where you sleep. Use the coupon code Oakland to get 10% off your entire order. Skip? It's been a while. How are you? I'm good. Just just waiting for you know some action here in the in the hot stove league. Obviously a little bit different this year, and you know typically right now we'd be at the winter meetings. That's not the case. So I think everybody's waiting for some baseball moves and and some action. Well, you know when I when I think about what how things are going right now, you know there's going to be a lot of player movement coming at some point. I don't know when. There's going to be a lot of one-year deals, and this is, you know, when we talk about where the A's like to fish, this is the pond they like to fish in. So I, we got to have a lot of patience, but I think this is going to be good for the ball club. Yeah, let's hope so. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's you know, there's no template for this. I think you're right in the fact that it, it may lag for a little while. There might be a couple of teams that go out there and, you know, once the, the Springer thing happens and guys like that, but I think there's going to be a lot of bottom feeding toward the end and, and probably, you know, towards, you know, month four spring training or something like that. There's going to be a lot of guys on the market. So, yeah, you're right. Our, our guys have been pretty good about fishing in that type of pond in the past. So you've had time to reflect on this past season. When you look back at playing just 60 games, winning the division, beating the White Sox, I and mean, when you go back, what have you thought about since we've last talked? Well, I, you know what? I, I it, The bottom line is in, unless you play in the World Series and probably even win that, you're going to be disappointed. Anytime you, you lose in the postseason, it feels real dramatic and it takes a while to get over. Uh, you know, the good part of that is that we are in the postseason. Typically, we get there quite a bit. We did move forward around this year, but – you know what we we had bigger aspirations than that so everybody was disappointed uh at the end of the the division series and you know again we still have a good team and and our guys really feel like there's more for this club so you know you get over it you think about what the club is going to look like next year and and you you know at some point in time you, you start to get excited about what will be a really good team again are, are when you look back are you shocked we got through this season I, I am. I mean, I, I would have, when we were in summer camp, I didn't think we were going to get through that, to tell you the truth. Uh, there was just so many unknowns. And then, you know, things started to streamline a little bit better. And, and I think baseball did a really good job at getting the, the, the season done and with as few casualties as possible. So, you know, here this winter, it seems like the other sports are having a little bit more trouble with it. But I think, uh, no matter what now baseball has put together a pretty good, pretty good template in, in how to go about things. And I would say, yes, I, I was surprised if you'd asked me in summer camp, if we were going to get through this whole thing. 
you know, one thing that, that I look back and I'm so happy about is that baseball for the first time, as you know, Bob, they usually don't make a whole lot of changes, but they had to make changes on the fly to make this season go. Uh, talk about what you saw during the season to a point to where by the time you guys hit the playoffs, you were in a bubble. Yeah, you know, it was it was trial and error, and it was let's wait and see, and let's you know, and then there was a couple of outbreaks that you hope and we got through, and they did. They did have plans B and C for for a lot of things that happened. So, like you said, you know, baseball's uh, you know you know pr- pretty stern in the way they go about things, and like you said, not a ton of change. I think with the changes and some of the rules as well, I think probably MLB learned some things, and the change probably is good. So we'll see where they go from there. But I think there were a lot of good changes in the rules that, that ended up making the season a lot better and, and uh, you know, making some adjustments on the fly that, that got the full season in. You know, we recently got to talk to Mark Kotze, and he's going to be now your third base coach, and he's going to work on defense. And obviously this fan base loves him. Uh, what, what was it like, you know, giving him a more prominent role on your staff? Well, yeah, I mean, he was, you know, he was bench coach a couple of years ago. So all our guys are familiar with him and comfortable with him. And, you know, he's got history within the organization, which is terrific. Uh, he's got an interview for some managerial jobs along the way, too. So, uh, you know, I think it's important that he's back in a full time role for us. I think that's where he's most comfortable. You know, he's not an infield guy, but you don't necessarily have to be. He did play some first base. and We'll be able to augment, uh, you know, some of our infield stuff with, with Eric Martins, too. But I think that to have him back on a full-time basis, I, I know he's really excited about that. A new role in coaching third base. As far as coaches go, they're, they're, there's, there's no role that's closer to actually being a player than being your third base coach. So I think he's excited about that as well, and he's been a good fit for us. You know, people don't really understand, like, how much work you got to put in. Uh, And and talking to Mike Gallego, talking to Tim Flannery, you know, the work that you got to know everybody's arm, you got to know every single stadium, you got to know how the ballparks, how the ball bounces, you got to know your own players, you got to know their speed, you got to know how they're feeling on each day. Just, Just talk about the role of a third base coach. There's a lot of work and video and stuff that goes into this job. Oh, there's a ton in it. That job sucks, if you ask me. I mean, I, I remember my first year at Brewer Camp. Uh, I was a, a kind of like a, an instructor for spring training at the at the big with the big league team with with Phil Garner, and then I was a scout during the season. But we had a split squad, and Phil told me you're going to go and you're going to go on the split squad, and you're going to coach third base over at Scottsdale Stadium against the Giants. I looked at him like, what? So I wasn't the best base runner in the world, but I was thinking, you know, after a while, how tough can this be? Well, on the first play, I had Dave Nielsen, who was a kind of a heavy-legged catcher, thrown out at least halfway to the plate. I I mean, he was probably closer to third when the catcher got the ball than actually home plate. So I said, all right, try not to let this affect you. The same exact thing happened with Mark Loretta, a little closer to home. At least the catcher dropped the ball, and, and he was safe. And then the, the third one I had, the, the, the runner probably could have touched home, gone all the way to first, and I held him up because I wasn't going to get another runner thrown out at third. So that was my experience at third base. I'm glad I hadn't. I don't have to do that anymore. And like you said, there is a ton of work put into that. So there, as much as any job as a coach has, uh, you know, you can affect the outcome of the game, and, and there's a lot of pressure coaching third. 
Yeah, I mean, no, no one ever really says, hey, great job for sending a guy and he's safe. They just know about when you send a guy and he gets hosed. Yeah, so if you're not noticed, that means you're doing a good job. Everybody but me, but when, when there's a good send, I always make sure I, I go tell my third base coach how well he's done or, you know, I can see him sitting over there going, oh, should I send him? I go over and I go, look, you made the right call. There's no way you can send him with nobody out, so forth and so on. So, you know, it's, it's my job as a manager to make sure that that, that job doesn't go no, unnoticed when, you, when you're doing well because, you know, like you said, the only time you really notice that job is when you make a mistake. You know, we don't talk a lot about a staff, but it's so important. I don't care if it's NFL, NBA, NHL, baseball, you name it. It's so important to build the right staff, to have the right coaching staff, to have the right manager, head coach, and the people that 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 you are a part of and you're around. So just talk about what that means to you in an offseason where you you, you got to know you have the right staff heading into a, a, a full season. You do, and, and it, it resonates with the players so much now, too. So, you know, as before, you know, maybe when I was playing, you, you know, you weren't as personable with the coaches um, as guys are now. And it is so important to have a good staff because, you know, you see the good teams, whether it's in any sport, uh, there's continuity within their staff. And, you know, with us in Oakland, it all starts with, with Keith, Keith Lippman and, and the guys that he, he sent me. When I first got here, I was more about trying to get some guys, you know, from other organizations, some guys that I knew yeah, and, and was comfortable with. And, and, and a guy like Lips, since he started sending me guys like Darren Bush and Marcus Jensen and Scott Emerson and Brian Christensen, it just goes on and on. Uh, he, he identifies the right people for this organization that he thinks that are going to work out with our staff. We do have some more guys coming to. Fran Reardon's another terrific coach that at some point in time I would expect to be with our staff. But I really thank Keith Lippman for, for taking a lot of that off my plate and having the guys within the organization that know they have a chance to move up because that resonates in your organization as well. So have to have to give uh, Lip some love on that. Well, uh, Cody has a question for you. Uh, Cody uh, has been dying to ask you this as uh, he's now done a movie review. Go ahead, Cody. Uh, Bob, I finally watched your favorite movie, the, That Thing You Do. Uh, as, a guy from, as a guy from Western PA and some of it taking place in Pittsburgh, it, it hit home for me. Uh, and the Wonders are a great group. Guy Patterson, I think he's a five-tool band member. I want to ask Without you, if you had to pick four guys from the A's, who would, who would make up the Wonders for you? Oh, wow. You should have given me a little time with that one. Um, as far as the personalities go, well, I mean, are we, are we saying Liam Hendricks is an A or not right now? Yes. Yes, then Liam Hendricks would probably be one. Uh, Matt Chapman would probably be two. I think uh, maybe Matt Olson more in like the bass player type role, uh, you know, with the personality, but not a ton of lines. And uh, let's go with uh, Jesus Lizardo, uh, maybe as the lead singer, as Jimmy, uh, based on the look and, and, and so forth. And that's just off the top of my head. I'd have to think a little bit more about that, but let's go with those guys. Hazel Cesardo's a good call. I mean, he's a good-looking young kid. Like, you can totally see him being a lead singer. Yeah, the last thing you know, though, you know, the, one of the last lines you got from Jimmy was, I quit, I quit, I quit, Mr. White. So, 
hopefully I'm not Mr. White, and hopefully I don't have to hear that from from Jesus Lazardo, but I think he is a pretty good comp for that role. You know what's crazy is I don't think people really know this of how much the job as manager has changed. Like when you played for Sparky Anderson and, you know, I've heard like, you know, old Giants talk about how tough Frank Robinson was, or you think of like Earl Weaver or Tommy Lasorda. I mean, just the, the way the job and communication between the manager and the players has changed so much since you were a player. Oh, it has dramatically. And, and you know what? I, I played for Frank Robinson. I, I played for Sparky Anderson. You know, I was so intimidated by Sparky Anderson my rookie year that I never even would would acknowledge him or even go up to him and try to start a conversation. If if there was a conversation, he would have to come to me, um, uh, you know, as a player. And, and that's not the case these days. That doesn't mean that, that Sparky didn't have great relationships with his players. But it was different. You know, the manager was just kind of a, a cut above, a guy that uh, you spoke to when he spoke to you and, and had a ton of respect for. You know, now uh, the manager is basically one of the guys. And, and you have to realize kind of that's where the game's gone. So I've been lucky enough to, to see both sides of it. You know, there's a lot of benefit from both sides of it. But I enjoy the experience of, of really getting in there and getting to know my players really well, throwing batting practice, hitting ground balls to them, and really kind of getting digging down deep with these guys so they know that you're invested and they know you're carrying them. So a little, a little different now. Well, uh, one of the things that we've always enjoyed doing A's Cast Live when we're on the field is watching your battle against Matt Chapman uh, with the fungo. And have you, have you talked to your third baseman? How's he doing? He's doing good. He's he's going to be ready to go. He'll be he'll be a hundred percent and looking looking forward and eager to to getting back out there. Yeah, I you know what I I actually have a little history with that with Matt Williams and that when I was with the bench coach with the Diamondbacks, I had Matt Williams as the guy I had to hit ground balls to and and talk about guys that that are precise in how they try to prepare. Boy, if you you rolled over a couple balls and then you're trying to hit him in the six hole and you rolled over him to Maddie. You got those big eyes. He's looking at you like, don't take me out of my routine. So I, I kind of got, uh, uh, you know, used to that with Matt, but Matt Chapman, it is a battle. And in the last few ground balls that we hit, I'm trying to get him past him. He, he will do anything not to let it get past him. And, you know, the last couple things that we do are actually you know obviously prepare him for the game so when he goes into a game he's he's taking every ball that he potentially will get during the course of the game uh he is so precise in what he does and and in trying to prepare and obviously he's pretty good at it so so i'm just lucky to be part of that dynamic and and look forward to that challenge every day people need to understand you're hitting lasers at him these aren't well, the, the, balls you're, you're like hitting it as hard as you can yeah, you start out, he's in, then he goes back, then you hit him some forehand, your backhand, you hit him some forehands, and then the fun begins. And the last ball, he literally goes out to shortstop, and I try to hit it right over the third base bag, and he takes a wide angle to get it, and he gets the backhand, he throws off balance to first base. That's the last ball that we do every day, and you have seen him do that so many times. And when, when I hit the ball, uh, there's so many times that I think to myself, and this is doing it every day with him, that there is no way he's going to get to that ball. And he does it every single time and makes a great throw on top of it. So just a, just a terrific defender. I don't know if there, there are many better, really, ever. Let's end on this. As we start to look forward, I mean, we're in December. Happy holidays. We'll get through all that. 
what what in 2021 with your ball club do you think about right now and you're really looking forward to just trying to keep as many pieces together as we can from from years past because we've we've created something here the last couple of years where the expectation level is really high and like i said you know you get get to the playoffs you win a series and nobody's happy about it so there's a lot more to to accomplish with this team so that's the thing i look uh, more than anything is when we have this window here and we have these guys here that we do control still, it's all about trying to win a World Series, and that's going to be the same next year. So that's that's the thing I look forward to the most. Yeah, that's what I love. I mean, that's that, that's what this team is all about at this point. You're one of the best teams in baseball, and it's uh, the eye on the prize, and that prize is winning the World Series. Great stuff, Bob. Happy holidays. And uh, next time we talk, I hard to believe it will be 2021. It will, and hopefully we're getting a little bit closer to baseball and hopefully past, you know, with the vaccine, past a, a tough time. Uh, really impressed by Cody, though, watching, watching that thing you do. Uh, my guess is I won't be the last time you watch it. It's one of those things that gets in there a little bit, and, and you want to learn all the lines and, and use them when, with some of the people that have watched that movie. It is a true cult movie, and it's terrific. So well done, Cody. <laughs> Great stuff, Bob. All right. The Bob Melvin Show brought to you by nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. When you go to Nest Bedding, use the coupon code Oakland to get 10% off your entire order. Now back to A's Cast, powered by iHeartRadio. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.